This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump right in just a minute. I want to remind everybody to go to practicalshepherding.com. And there's tons of resources. They're all free there. And because they're free, we need actually people to financially support us. So if you want to go to the donate page and support us, you can go do that and give a financial gift. That helps us a ton in all the work we're, we're doing and continues allows us to continue to do this work. So we appreciate all of our support and, and donors and those who encourage us in the work we're doing. So uh, please continue to do that. And if you haven't done that before, you can go there and help us out in that way. Jim, we want to talk about something today that that not only we, that arguably every pastor goes through, but it's, it's also a uniquely uh, difficult, painful thing for a pastor to go through. And that is, how do you deal with the pain of church members leaving your church? And there could be a lot of different reasons a church member would leave and go to another church. Mm-hmm. But um, there, we want to talk about the impact that that has on pastors. And I think we can say it's, it's unique because obviously when a, somebody leaves the church, a lot of people, even the whole church, depending on who it is, is affected by it and maybe experiences pain around that. We could probably do a whole episode around how church members get hurt when other church members leave. Mm. But we want to talk about the unique... Uh, pain that comes with a pastor dealing with church members leaving. So before we talk about this, will you just kind of give us an idea how we want to think about this idea biblically? Brian, there are a couple things that come to mind. I mean, some of them are the analogies that scriptures use about church life. And that is that you know, God puts a God puts a, a, a church together like a body, you know, so that we're, we're a body and, and there's different body parts and they're, and they're joined together. And when one part of the body suffers, the rest suffers with it. So that there's there's meant to be this real sense of that we we belong together and we're supposed to be together. Yeah. And if you were to lose a part of your body, if you were to lose your thumb uh, or your hand, you wake up one day and your foot's gone. You, you you that would be shocking. It would be life. It's it's life changing. Uh, the Bible also talks about it being like you know a family, and, and so when uh, if if you were part of a family, and all of a sudden your son or daughter decided not want to be part of the family anymore, and want to be part of another family, hey, well they're you know they're a good family down the street, and they, you know they, they, they believe the same things, so we'll just go be a part, we'll just go be a part of them, and expect that that's not personal. But then also the the shepherd flock, you know, shepherds count their sheep. You know they 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 know who their sheep are. They're they're supposed to know the state of their flock. Uh, they want to bring all of them home safely. You know they have that desire as a pastor to that those entrusted to their care. Uh, they know them. Jesus says they know them. Uh, shepherds are designed to go after sheep when they don't show up. You know if a sheep didn't show up at the end of the day, shepherds supposed to go out and find them if they're mm-hmm. if they're worthy. But now the sheep, you know, he gets there and the sheep says, I don't want you to find me. Go away. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm changing my flock. I'm going to a different flock or, you know, whatever the case may be. So the analogy doesn't always hold true, but, you know, you're trying to, but, but what, the, you, what you're reminded of of that is that shepherds have a real love for their flock and a sense of stewardship and care for them. They rejoiced when they became a part of the flock and they're going to grieve when that member's don't want to be there anymore yeah no that's good and i I just as you're listening to you talk i mean i'm already some really just uniquely painful situations just already start coming back to my mind of of when i faced this 
as a pastor, you've obviously faced it many times through the years. And it's safe to say, I mean, you got a pastor long enough, but it's one of those things that you will you will inevitably face as a pastor. Yeah, I, I think eventually you will. We we went seven years before we faced it. Wow, um, that's pretty so good. Track that was record, that was a pretty I, good track I, record. I, you almost need an award for going yeah, seven years. Yeah, we had lost like some. That. We lost, I think, a family due to relocation. They moved to Michigan, but we did not have anybody in the flock that was that was a part of the flock that. You know, it was seven years before somebody said, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, let's distinguish that. Let's do a couple term just uh, definitions of things. And what we're talking about, we're not going to talk today about the guy in your church that gets a job transfer and moves because uh, because he got a job transfer. Right. The unique pain we're talking about is a church member, basically what you said, saying, I just don't want to be here anymore. Right. It's not a discipline case. Right. It's not a moral. Uh, failing, they're not running away from discipline. Right, they just don't want to be part of your church anymore. Yeah, and so that's what we want. That's what we want to be able to talk about before we kind of dig into some of the specifics with this. Well, let's define. It. There's a there's a term that's been being thrown around a lot called ghosting. Yeah, you want to define that term for it. it, it it's something we we both as we were talking about it off uh, off air that that this is a term I hadn't heard until all the COVID stuff happened, and then churches you know go online and everybody disappears and then a lot of people just haven't come back and then but haven't people haven't heard from these people at all so can you kind of give us a basic definition of ghosting yeah and maybe because we're both old and out of touch that we didn't maybe it's been used for a long time but yeah the ghosting idea is uh a member just they just disappear yeah they're gone and it they don't it's it's painful, but you appreciate it when somebody comes. And some people leave in different ways. Some people live leave very disorderly. That's its own pain. Um, sometimes that actually makes it easier. Uh, but, uh, but there are other people who uh, they, it, they didn't give you any indication that anything was wrong uh, or, or others that it was nearly as serious. So you have some people that will come and tell you we're leaving. But this is a case where... You look out one Lord's Day and you realize, oh, the um, the Johnsons aren't here, and, and and then think, oh, maybe they're on vacation or maybe somebody's sick or whatever, and then maybe you're gone the next week, you know, and so you don't realize who was there, who wasn't there. You come back the next week and Johnsons aren't in their usual seat again. You think, oh, I wonder, and, and uh, then the maybe you send a text and, you reach out and to there's them. No, there's yeah. not a you, you you call call doesn't get answered goes to voicemail you send a text. Text doesn't get answered. Send an email. Email doesn't get answered. And so you just get we, no response we, we, for yeah, months. That's that ghosting. Point, yeah. So that's three, ghosting. four weeks, yeah. and I'll, then yeah. you find out. Oh, they're they're. Oh no, they tell you they're they're over somewhere. But no, never told you. They they right. and they're hopeful that, given the ecclesiology of the day, they're just going to go down to you know first Baptist or whatever, and they're going to get received over there. And they want your letter of transfer, and that's it. You know that there was never anything that would, you know, no yeah. goodbye, no, no, I love you, no, thank you, no, I'm mad at you, nothing. You're just left to so you wonder. You're just wondering you what in the world is going on. So let's atta- let's so let's kind of approach this in in kind of two two parts. One is I think let's talk about why is this a unique pain for a pastor, right? And then I think the second thing we need to talk about is how does a pastor deal with it? Right. So let's talk about, let's identify for the unique pain. I think this is important to take time to do this, Jim. So uh, 
Because so pastors don't think they're crazy feeling the way they do when this happens. Yeah. You know, am I making too big a deal of this? Why does this hurt so much? Right. You know, why is this hard for me? So let's start there. Why? Let's kind of go back and forth. Why is when a church member leaves, like you just articulated? And again, by the way, we we want to acknowledge we're we're working from a church uh, culture and environment where a pastor actually shepherds his flock, knows his people. Yeah. Membership matters to some degree. Right. So when somebody just vanishes, it's very disorienting for the pastor and the church, and they naturally yeah. want to know yeah, yeah. what's right. going on or right. where, where right. they are. Right, that's the background of it, is that you care. I mean, you care about these people. You love these people. So, and, and, and there is a sense, Brian, in which I think we can't really... <clears throat> I, I try to remember this, that people don't love us the way we love them. And, and, and what I mean by that is that you know there are relationships that until you're in it you uh, like until you're a parent you know, one of the joys of being a grandparent is that your kids now know how much you love them because now they love this little kid and it's like that's what i try to tell you how i loved you that's but not you what i thought you were gonna say no but no but, but like you know but you don't get it what i'm saying a kid doesn't get it you tell a kid i love you so much they don't they don't no, that's get a good it. point that's a good point and, 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 you know but for a pastor a pastor often for some people you know they're they're the guy in the pulpit but he's exchangeable, you know, yeah. for, for them to go to a new church, they don't feel like it's well, there's no betrayal. There's, there's not, there's, I, I just want to go. I, I like the music better yeah. over there. There's better kids programs over there. They're not invested in us the way we are invested in them. That's, That's the point I'm trying to get. Yeah, and until cases, you're a pastor, yeah. you may not know that. You may yeah. not realize what it's like to, to feel your this. Li- to give your life. Because to, to try to I watch over souls that, as one who will give an account. I am shepherding the flock that's among me, that, that I'm among. Uh, I'm among these people. I know these people. I care about these people. And one of the things I've said to people in the past, I just want to let you know that, and I would say this on a membership class, when you become a member here, one of the things that as I take it, and you may not mean that, but I'll tell you how I take it. You're saying to me, I want you to be my pastor. That's how I take it. When you say, I want to join this church, you're yeah. telling me and the other elders. Yeah, that's good. But they're telling do, me, the they're thing. telling yeah. me, I want you to be my pastor. Okay, I don't tell you what that means. That means I will lay down my life for you. That means if a wolf comes, I will stand between you and that wolf. Mm-hmm. That means you have access to me. That means I'll be here for you. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm here for you. you I, am, I am. I'm here. Right. Yeah. I am here for you yeah. in a way that I can't say that to every visitor here, but but I will say that to you. Yeah. And they may hear that and go like, what in the world kind of perverse? You know, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking all the time. Some really love that and are really thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when that person then says, you're expendable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or <clears throat> I had a guy years ago who, when he was leaving the church, we met at least in the decency, you know, we met for lunch. And it was one of those lunch meetings that sometimes pastors direct, can we meet together? And you realize it's probably not to give me a ribbon or anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here is an over. Here is an award. I, great you know, sermon was, last yeah, week. I just, I just had to meet with you and tell you what a great sermon it was. You know, it's usually you did. You're terrible. Where you did are those something wrong. When we need them. No, yeah. but he said, he said, hey, you know, it's time for me to move on. I'm going to go to another church in the area. Nothing personal. And I said, oh, but it is. Yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I'm trying to tell you. You can't tell a pastor. Yeah. You're telling me you don't want me to be your pastor anymore. You're telling me you don't want me to feed you anymore. You're telling me. 
you don't want me to care for you anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know that you don't want to be you don't want to be with me anymore. So let's so, go. Yeah, to me that's personal. Let's go there. So yeah, why is this uniquely painful? Go ahead and expound on that. That's one of the reasons. Why is this? Yeah, because of the relationship that you have. It's, yeah, it's, it's that shepherd sheep relationship that you have. Yeah, this is a this is a personal relationship. This yeah. is not an exchange of services in some way. Right. So. There, there's it's a, not all miss your tithe. It's not that I'll miss your gifts. It's that I'll miss you. Yeah, yeah. There's a relational component <clears throat> based on love, yeah. based on commitment. So that that's certainly one. I would say another reason it's painful is uh, it, regardless of how nice try to people try to be in explaining it, it is um, it is a, a shot at your ministry that you're, yeah. you're not sufficient enough. You're, you're you're not worthy to be my pastor anymore for whatever reason, whatever right. I've, I've done. So that's another thing that I think makes this so uniquely hard. Right. They can try to soften it in their words as much you as possible. You have failed. You have failed to do what you said you, you were going or your to do. Church is, and, and the state of your church reflects on you too, right? Yeah, well, right. it's not you. It's the church. Yeah. You know, you, don't, you do a good job. But the church is terrible. It's like, well, this is what I oversee. So obviously, yes, it is. It is reflective of that with me. And yeah. so those things are very uh, crucial and important. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that makes this uniquely painful is the um, the people, uh, again, it's try, as hard as you're trying to, uh, to be able to care for folks, um, they're rejecting you in a way. So... Um, We have to own the fact that we're being rejected in this this moment, or at least we feel rejected. Yeah, they'll say, "Don't take it personal. Don't feel rejected." That's not what this is. That it's it's. I mean, the, the sad comparison is, you know, it's not, you know, breaking up with somebody and it's not you, it's me. You know, right. kind of kind of stump. That does nothing but it just makes it worse. So right. that's another one of the reasons it makes it. What's another What's another reason you can think of a why this is uniquely uh, painful for a pastor to, to lose people? Well, another thing that comes to my mind, Brian, is the effect it has on the on the uh, on the congregation. Mm-hmm. Because again, they're they're left to wonder. Well, don't they love us? Don't they don't they care about us? Which I love adds them. To your pastoral which load adds now. to yeah. your pastoral yeah. load. It adds. It it gives a feeling of instability. Uh, we're gonna we're going through a period right now. So people from the church listening to this, we have several families who are probably going to be leaving in the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, that we'll have to announce, yeah. and some of them are long-standing members. Yeah, and uh, you know it's hard, it, it, and it feels it's destabilizing, and it's discouraging to the body, so, and it, it's discouraging to the future for the future life of the church. Uh, you know, all of those kinds of things. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so it feels destabilizing. It's discouraging. Uh, people take it as a judgment on themselves, what's wrong with us, or they begin to look at you as the elders and say, well, what's wrong with you all? Why are all these people leaving? You got to be Should doing, I be thinking about should this Should I too? be leaving? Right. And so, <laughs> right. And it does that. It, it does tend to have an effect that when some decide to leave that others yeah. think, well, maybe this would be a good time for me to go to. So I got one that, that, uh, you know, that also kind of piggybacks on that. Um, and I, this is one that really hits personal with me. This is something I felt a lot when people would leave the church. I start getting frustrated with feeling like all my efforts to care for you are in vain. 
Yeah. Like oh. I, I wasted my time right. with with my care for you. Right. Now, clearly, I mean, it, it makes the statement of what you did wasn't good enough. They're not saying you didn't do anything. But it, it makes a statement of I just didn't appreciate it or whatever it is. And so, and again, part of that is, part of that's healthy. Part of that's not in the pastor's own soul dealing with right. this. But I just want to acknowledge, like, if there was something I wrestled with the most, it wasn't even, you know, I, I knew that maybe... There's, yeah, there's going to be fallout. you got to talk to church members and all those kind of things and try to help people understand this. But I have to say, if there was one thing, especially when I think of the people that you just articulated, people have been around a long time. Yeah. There's a lot invested. So, But th- part of my personality is I hate, Jim, I hate to waste time. So if I <laughs> feel like... that, That's a personal thing with me. Yeah. If I feel like I'm wasting <clears throat> time. So like I, I drive somewhere. You know, I'm supposed to... like I usually... You know, I usually will follow up with somebody before I go meet with them. Because if I drive 20 minutes to meet you and you forgot about the meeting, and then I've got another 20 minute drive to home or whatever, like I that will fresh they'll make me feel like I wasted my right. time. And so that's just how I'm wired. And I think that's why this one so uniquely that's causes the pain is that that people people who I you know I can remember somebody who I mean the the amount of hours i had logged <laughs> in their home and right and not only that they but like put in, their marriage back in together crisis, or whatever yeah, like right just, and, in and, crisis, and, and like, this is the gratitude thanks dude. for being the glue that's all we needed from you you know these right. last now years we're, and now we're gone see you later so i i, I think but, we just we just want to articulate some of those things to sh- to try to capture one if you're a pastor experiencing this you're not crazy but two if you're not a pastor this is why this is a unique pain but it's also part of it so let's shift to so how does the pastor deal with this? Because what happens, as you well know, enough this happens enough. If a pastor doesn't know how to deal with this in a healthy way, yeah, they become cynical, they become bitter, they don't invest in people like they did before, and a lot of times this is what contributes to them leaving the ministry. So yeah. this is an important part of the conversation. How does a pastor deal with? It's, it's not to avoid the pain; it's there. It's not to emotionally just clam up, and not let yourself feel pain. It's it's going to be there. If we're shepherding and doing what we're supposed to be doing, what's one way that you would advise a pastor to deal with this kind of pain? Okay, so the the number one thing that I have striven to do. Now, again, this is there's so much we could talk to about this issue, Brian, and that is we're almost really dealing with people that left. Either they've ghosted or they they've articulated why they've left. We're not talking about people that, that like dropped a bomb, you know, and left, left horribly and, and wrote a letter to the congregation about how awful the pastors are. You that know, could that's be its a, own separate podcast that's its own episode, sep- you know. yeah, So this is like this they've is kind of tried to leave basically well and it still hurts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. All right. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. <clears throat> I try to remind myself, okay, for, there's, a que- there's a difference between they, they are leaving you, your church, Versus they are leaving the faith and leaving Christ. Okay. Yep. So that's the first thing. All right. So if, are, are they going to be a part of, best you know, a healthy church body elsewhere? If that's the case, I'm reminding myself mm-hmm. that my number one goal in shepherding them was to help them to thrive and to use this old language I've used, my old mentor used, yep. to get them to heaven in the best shape possible. That's right. That's the goal. If that's my goal... And, and and that goal is being met by somebody else. I may wrestle with, I may feel jealous. 
I may be hurt. Like, well, why couldn't you love, you know, why, why can you go over there and, and they're imperfect too, because they are going to be, and you're going to be hurt over there, but you'll stay there and, but you won't allow yourself to get hurt here. You know, all that stuff that goes on. But I have to remind myself, what was my goal? What was my goal in shepherding them? It was to help them to if they're not thriving here. And I've had to realize that there are people that simply, they are not thriving anymore under my ministry at the church. And I don't know that I'm doing anything wrong. I look at other people are thriving. You get people starting to come from other churches and they're thriving and love. But for some reason, this family isn't. These people aren't. And I realized some people came here because they weren't thriving where they were. I have to realize that. And so that's my goal. So if I, if I can do that, that that is helpful and i have to preach that to myself that's good uh when that's i'm good. hurting here's one i'll throw out there uh it's helpful in dealing with this when you remind yourself between you and the lord that you are not god's gift pastor to everybody mm-hmm. you you do not you are not the best pastor for every person mm-hmm. and i this is something that was really helpful for me as people left was that when it, it, in a sense, it helps not take it so personally yeah. to say, you know, um, I am not called to be everybody's pat. I'm not the best pastor for everybody. Right. And to be able to say that this, you know, you know, God brought them here for a time. It, it, what that helps me do is one, it, it reminds me, you know, at first it, it, it can humble you. You're, you're not God. You're not Jesus. He is the, to be the chief shepherd right. for everybody, but you're not like, and Pastors and congregation and members mix and connect in different ways right. for different reasons. Yep. And so I think when I started thinking this way, I realized there are there are seasons where I may be someone's pastor. I hope I get to be their pastor until you know the end of their life, especially you know if they're older or whatever. But that may not be what happens, and that's okay. And I think once I realized that, it helped me then not feel like what I mentioned earlier. <clears throat> This wasn't a waste of my time. Like the, these five years or these seven years that I spent with this person or this family and invested and poured into them, it wasn't wasted. It was a season that God had them here right. for whatever reason that's beyond my control. And by the way, not my problem, ultimately, why they feel like they want to go somewhere else, um, then that's it's not necessarily on me. Was I a perfect pastor? Well, no. And maybe I, I caused some of the reasons they want to leave yet. But but ultimately realizing that I just because I'm their pastor now doesn't mean I'm supposed to be their pastor for the rest of their life for the rest of of my ministry. I think what that gets confusing in Jim is that we we often kind of see this commitment of the local church like a marriage, right? We the body conversation, the the family conversation implies we're fam we're family forever. Well, that's ideal, right? It's just right, ideal, right, right, right. right, right. And I, and by the way, it happens too. Like there, yeah. there are saint there. There are people. I had the privilege of being the last pastor to yeah. some amazing older saints. Yeah. I got to, to I got to have the privilege of shepherding them to their grave and to meet Jesus. Mm. What a privilege that was, and 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 that's what I wanted to be able to have in in their life. And so, but you know, some people have to leave. I, I you know I left as you know. I mean, and many people know. I left Pastor in Auburndale after 17 years, 18 months ago. So I'm no longer their pastor. Right. And and so sometimes it's just in the providence of God, this is how this works. All just realizing all of that helped me a ton 
to maybe not take it as personally as I was tempted to take it. When you do invest in pour into somebody, love someone in this way, and they're just like, yeah, I appreciate it, but but no thanks. What's another way you try to deal with this? I have to remind myself, Brian, that for some, and again, this is for all, there's all kinds of different things that go into this. For some, their leaving is very painful for them too. Uh, they've left because there's been some wound, some hurt, um, and I realize sometimes here I am, I'm focusing on my pain in this and love calls me to think about their pain in this too. Yeah, that's that good. This is, that that's this good. is hard for them. Because again, generally speaking, with, with some exceptions, having said all my nice lofty things I said, there are people that come into the church and are there for a short period of time or whatever, and I just, I don't, I don't, haven't connected with, and they come and they go, and it's... It's just not all that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's very it's very hurtful because you love them. It's hurtful because you know maybe because of the circumstances that surrounded their leaving, or why they feel they have to leave, and that may be frustrating for you. Maybe you think you we could have worked this out, uh, whatever. But they didn't. They didn't feel they could, and that and they got to a point where they felt that the only way out of this or only was to go somewhere else. Probably a lot of pain for that. So when 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 somebody shows up at our church. And I and I say, are you visit? You know, you is it, are you, I don't think I've seen you before. Is this your first time? Are you visiting? Are you passing through? Do you live here? So if they say they live here, and I say, okay, are you a Christian? Yes. Okay. Well, then I realize, all right, they're they've probably been a part of another church, so something's going on. Mm-hmm. And I realize there's a story here. There's probably there's a hurting pastor somewhere, and there's a hurting family here. Mm-hmm. And, and and so sometimes those have been folks. So I take in hurting people. Hurting people have left our church and they've been taken in. I hate that. Again, it feels like a failure. It feels like oh, you're terrible at what you do. <laughs> you know that that anybody would ever be hurt under your ministry, or, or uh, you know, but it, ha- it, it happens. It, but yeah. it does happen, and sometimes. So I have to remind myself that yes, I, I this makes me sad. But they're but the reason they're leaving is because they're sad. It's not it's not just carelessness. Again, I think the ghosting type. There's something else going on there. Yeah, yeah. But these are people that have been hurt. They're trying to be gracious. They're not trying to leave under a cloud. They don't want to upset anybody. But they just it's just they just can't be there anymore. Yeah, that's good. And to remind myself of that, look at focus on them and I think love compels me to do that. That's good. I got another one that that came to my mind. Uh one of the things that helped me in in dealing with these kind of this kind of pain is there's a measure of faith that you as a pastor have to have that there's something bigger that is that God is doing in in his sovereign providence and rulership over the universe that he's in charge of and control of. And you don't know everything that's in yeah. play there. So I th- in other words, I think it's very easy to get lost in the, this is about you and me, and I'm, I'm hurt that you're leaving, and I'm hurt that you didn't you know, you know, feel like my efforts were, you know, care, care for you were good enough, whatever it might be. There's so, this is so much of a bigger thing that God's doing in his plan for not just your life and their life, but also your church. So, you know, to, I, when I started entertaining the idea of maybe God is actually moving these people for the benefit of our mm. church. Mm. And after I started seeing that, because I couldn't see what that would yeah. have, was at the time, I can think back on numerous situations where somebody left in a very painful way. It was hurtful to me. It was hurtful to the church. And six months later, you know, 12 months later, whatever, that you start to see the benefit that whatever 
their discontent brought to the church or even divisiveness maybe brought to the church. Yeah. When that's lifted, you start to see, oh, yeah, well, that this is actually better. So I, I do want to put yeah. that out there. You don't usually see that at first. but that, And I believe that takes faith to trust that God is building the church you're pastoring, uh, how he's choosing to build it. Sometimes there's blessed addition by subtraction. Right. And you have to realize that God does work in that way. I found when I thought that way, that required faith because I couldn't see how that was happening. But time and time again, God would show that that was often, not always, but often the case. Mm. That, In other words, if you think about it, if somebody, I remember when um, I had elders who would, they would kind of push back when somebody would say, you know, they want to leave, they're, they're leaving. And they like, look, that's not a good reason to, to not fulfill what you committed to as a member, you know, and, and they would actually push back and go, shouldn't we push them to stay and try to, you know, work something out with this family they're in conflict with or, or you know, try to remember this thing that they've committed to. And I always would come back and say, no, because asking a discontent or divisive person to yeah. stay in your midst when, aside from a miracle from God being at work, is yeah. going to change that. It's at, you're actually asking for problems in the church. Yeah, I've said sometimes, <laughs> I've got enough trouble with people that want to be here. You know <laughs> that if you don't want to be here, right. well said. If you don't want to be here, I'm not going to spend. You've already decided. I mean, there's almost nothing I can say. Or if it is, it's like I'm on. I'm on constant probation, or the church is on constant probation. I want to bring that up because Jim, I get asked this quite regularly. Hey, somebody wants to leave. And I don't know what to, you know, do I try to fight for them, to, you know, to not leave and those kind of things? Of course, every situation is different. I usually try to ask some details before I give this answer. But I can't remember a time where I haven't said, you know, even if you don't have, if they don't have a good reason or you don't even know what the reason is, you know, you do not fight against somebody who's already made the decision to leave that somehow you want them to try to stay, that that could actually make it worse. And again, every situation is different, but I can't remember a time I've ever counseled somebody. Yeah. No, fight to the death to make them stay at the church and all these kind of things. I, yeah. I've never, I don't remember giving that advice for the reason you just gave. Yeah, and I think one of the things, Brian, I want to, I want to articulate, and we're probably getting close to the end here, is is treat these people who are leaving in such a way that it would make it easy for them to come back. Yeah, and what I mean by that is, yeah, that's good. Don't don't burn your bridges. Don't speak. You know, to like if you're announcing their resignation or whatever, don't do it in such a way that 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 is so self defensive and so against them. You know, like well, they're obviously not very spiritual, or they didn't love us very well, or they didn't commit to them. You know, the I totally stuff agree that you that. might feel like saying. You may feel like saying it. It may even be true. But it doesn't need to be said. Yeah, that's well said. And, and, and so if you're going to announce it, you say, you know, these are people that invested here. For, you know, so I'm going to have to announce I got somebody be, that looks like they're leaving the church, been here almost 20 years. Yeah. And they, boy, they invested a lot into the life of our church. And that's hard to say. Listen, you know, what are you going to say? You know, they're not going to be able to say, well, they were just on the fringe. They weren't, you <laughs> they know, weren't. And, 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 and it was part of why they're, you know, part of what led to them leaving at one point was uh, being that invested was was sometimes really discouraging because yeah. they tried to get people to help and people wouldn't help or people didn't do what they you know didn't pull their weight or whatever else. Mm-hmm. 
and that's hard not a lot of people did but some didn't and uh, or people complained or you know whatever else and you know if you're a volunteer and you're giving a lot and people start complaining it's rough you know so you you may so what do you say with that so you, you know, i you commend them you know and you say we love them we'll pray for them and and who knows they may come and they'll come back but again treat them in such a way Speak of them in such a way that will make it easy for them to return. That's really good. I, I, my last word on this is kind of just piggyback on that and say, be gracious in front of the church as you talk about them. Because a hurt congregation is going to be tempted to want to lash out or let them be angry about what's happening. Those conversations need to potentially be had so people can verbalize that. But I certainly would, would encourage it to be in private uh, because it can turn into a, a bash session pretty quick and yeah. publicly doing that is really unhelpful and so and by the way I also found that when I would announce things like this and I would just be giving the report like here they are you know and hey, well what's what's the reason that they're giving it's like the only reason I'm getting is they they don't want to be here anymore you know it just just stating the facts not you know not elaborating not re- reading more into it People kind of just get a, a feel for what's actually happening, right. and in a way, you you are able to communicate that without actually having to to have a, a very negative session around that, and just show faith, show graciousness that God's you know God's in in this somewhere and, and building this church. So, we take a minute and pray for one pastors who are potentially dealing you know, feeling this pain, but also they have wisdom to to deal with it. Yeah. Father in heaven, we. We thank you for the love you give us as pastors for our flocks. And we know with that comes uh, an invitation often to pain. And Lord, we pray for the ability to endure and to love uh, in spite of that. Uh, Help us, Lord, not to grow cold and cynical. Help us not to uh, put up barriers between ourselves and, and, and those sheep that you will bring in the future. Father, we do pray you would again aid us to be found faithful uh, in that day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.